What's up, everybody? It's Jesse Wayne Taylor, bald-headed country boy, here with the other bald-headed country boy, my dad, Papa T. Hi, buddy. What's up, dude? How you doing this morning? Really good. Good. Glad good. that we're here getting to do this. Yeah, you know, this time last week we were uh, out of town. We were to we were to beach. I know. I tried to make like I thought about trying to make one happen down there on vacation, but now after. Not doing that and looking back on that decision, I think it was probably best because we were crammed in that room. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of room. We no. we crammed a lot of people. Couldn't do it on the balcony. We were on the we were on a the corner. wind would have the wind would have yeah. blown us off the balcony. We were on a corner. Um, what do you call that? Condo? Condominium. Yeah. yeah, corner condo. And I don't know if I've ever been on a corner. I feel like the other vacation we went on with Steve and Ann, though, that was a corner, though, right? That was a corner, but this one had a wind tunnel like you wouldn't believe. It was really... It was a fat boy's balcony. Yeah. Because fat boys like to sit out there and feel the breeze and the wind and not hear anything. And it, it was... I, I, as a matter of fact, It was fact, not a probably, smoker's balcony, though. It was I not a smoker's you balcony You couldn't either, get a daggum you know? lighter lit for nothing. No. And and uh, heavens, uh, Ma would have been pissed. It's not a dipping balcony either, because <laughs> you'd have to turn your head to spit in your spit bottle so it wouldn't blow it back in your face. <laughs> Dude, every time I was out there, I was thinking about Ma and how aggravated she would be trying to light her cigarettes on that porch. She ain't had no business lighting them cigarettes anymore. I know. I'm just saying, it just would have been, it would have been funny. Um, and I did miss having her on the porch big time. Oh, I miss her every time For I go sure. to Florida. Um, when, you know, it was real nice to have grandma there and just get to spend some time with her, but. Wow. She did was lay on the couch and read the whole time. She, was <laughs> she there. did literally lay on the, the couch. The only time she started doing anything with us is when she finished her book. She, yeah. She was pretty, uh, pretty into those books. That was hilarious. But, uh, I was glad that she got to go with us and I definitely missed having them all there on the, on the patio the most. That was where I like thought about her the most for sure because i always remember her being on the patio yeah mama enjoyed the patio a because she didn't smoke inside so she'd smoke outside and second she loved for the grandkids to just come out there and sit and talk to her yeah i mean even she spent a couple years not smoking i remember you know or at least trying not to and even then she would still sit out on the balcony well she just loved being out my daddy my daddy had a heart attack when he was 62 61 62 and he was smoking a cigarette when they wheeled him into the hospital at St. Thomas West. Yeah, no, no surprise there. And they, and he put it out right before they took him into the hospital. Of course, they didn't know he was having a heart attack at the time. Got him in there, <clears throat> ended up having to have three bypasses, came back out and never smoked again. Which, if you don't believe in miracles and the works of the Holy Spirit, then I feel sorry for you because my daddy never smoking another cigarette was the work of God. That's pretty he crazy. He could not that have is, done it. I will say own. that is hard to think about. And I, I do remember it now that you're like bringing it up when I was younger, him quitting mm-hmm. after that heart attack. And I remember Ma quitting because of that. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. He had his heart attack yeah. in May. He quit smoking in May. Mom quit smoking uh, after the first of the following year. So she smoked, uh, what, seven months longer than he did. And then she quit and didn't even tell anybody. I had no idea she had quit. We, we, we went over there to eat one night and, uh, she'd fixed dinner and we went over there to eat and, uh, um, 
she was sitting there. She goes, I, I, you hadn't even said anything about me not smoking. I think I, and I, said, I could honestly say I maybe remember this. I think she'd been quit about six weeks uh-huh. before, before, you know, and I, I mean, I'd seen her. I just hadn't really thought, you know, hadn't really thought about it. Of course, I praised her for, you know, looking back on it now, I can, I feel like I remember her looking better though when she stopped. Oh man. You know, she did. Like, she looked, looked so, like she felt better. She looked so much better and she, you know, she acted better. She started back the day daddy died. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I didn't know if it was the day daddy died. It was the very died, day. I, I did remember that she started back pretty you know, soon after that. Daddy passed away at home and, uh, they came to pick him up in the ambulance and, as soon as they carried him away, um, she, I was walking back up on the porch and she said, I don't care where you get, get it, but I want a cigarette and I want a cigarette right now. And I said, and you know, we, as we've talked about in our, in our previous podcast, you didn't mess with mama. No. And so I went around bummed and bummed, bumming cigarettes for her, you know, and, uh, wish I'd not done that. But there again, I didn't want to, I didn't want her to, knock me off that patio either you know on the side of their house so well you know addictions are 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 bad thing i'm addicted to smokeless tobacco i've got one mm. in right now you know me too i just hadn't and, done it in like four and a half years and people who well, don't go don't start back i hadn't don't start back i pray i am so <clears throat> thankful that you that you decided to quit that I couldn't and quit drinking it. too you know don't don't start back man i'm telling you i quit one time for about eight weeks <clears throat> and I was, I was done with it. And then I got mad about something at work one day. I can't remember now what it was. At that time I was chewing beach nut wintergreen chewing tobacco. Mm-hmm. And I went to the store and they didn't have a beach nut wintergreen. So I got me something I just, I said, just give me, just give me Taylor's pride. Yeah. It's got Taylor on it. It's got, it's got to be good. Yeah. Whew, that was nasty. But I chewed it anyway. The winter, that beach nut wintergreen though, that stuff was like candy. It's just like candy. It, yeah. it, it, it was, it, they didn't have no business selling it because it did taste good. I can take you to the very spot where I took my first chew of beach nut wintergreen. Dude, I took a bag of that out of your car one time and put a chew of that in and fell asleep in my bed and woke up with just these massive oh brown yeah. spit in my bed yuck yeah dude it was pretty classic i was like i don't know how i'm gonna hide this big brown spot on my mattress now but how did you do that i didn't oh you didn't you just no. slept in it I, well i mean i cleaned That's it disgusting. up disgusting i cleaned it up but that it was a just i nasty. fell asleep with chewing the back of my mouth and like mm-hmm. it stained the bed underneath well i can't say that i've never done that yeah before, i mean there so. wasn't nothing i could do about that i cleaned it up best i could but i feel like i do remember mom seeing that one time and saying something to me about it and i don't know what i said you remember the day i caught you dipping uh which one uh, the day that uh, you were getting when gas. we were living at Papa's, yeah, we we oh, we had our house up for sale, I'll never and so forget. we moved in with my mother and father in law, your grandparents, <clears throat> and uh, Grizzly Wintergreen. I was headed, uh, I was headed east on Highway 100, and you were at the uh, Texaco, I think it is, out we, there yeah. pumping gas. Did you just mention that we had moved into? I said we were living at Grandma and Papa's, but we had moved into their house for a little while. We and lived there. Three months while the house was on the market. Dad was supposed to be going to the funeral home. I don't right. know who died, but he was supposed to be going to the funeral mm-hmm. home. 
And I had the job of mowing the lawn, I believe, and yeah. I had to go get the gas tanks filled. Right. Up. So I threw in a little grizzly wintergreen, yep. right? And I'm right. rolling down the road. I've got literally, I had just, like, just finished one of y'all's Diet Mountain Dews and was spitting in a Diet Mountain Dew bottle. And it was sitting in the front stinking cup holder, that console. When I got out of the car, I took the dip out of my mouth because I thought there's too many people in Fairview that know me. And one thing my daddy told me is, when I was little, Everybody knows me, and if I ever get caught out doing anything, it's going to get back to him somehow. So I thought That's about true. that before I got out at that gas station, and I took my dip out of my mouth, and I put it in that bottle cap. <laughs> that, so I could That's save so it. nasty. <laughs> I put That's it in just a, disgusting. You well, put, I was broke, you man. I just put it in a bottle cap and put it back in like It was only in my mouth for like five minutes, bro. Dang, that's just nasty. But when you're when you're I didn't 16, know I raised such when nasty you're 16 children. and you can't buy it yourself Jeez. and you know you don't know if you're gonna get another can anytime soon, you gotta be gotta be sparing with it. So anyways, <laughs> I took it out of my mouth. I'm about I, to puke. <laughs> it's sitting in that bottle cap. And uh the dad rolls up to the to the shell station I was at, which Y'all grew up calling that what? Cash and dash? Well, like it's still cash and dash. I'm um, to us. It always yeah. will be cash. A hundred years from now, if we're still alive, we're going to call it cash yeah. and dash. Um, and it may not even be a Texaco. I was just taking a stab at it. I yeah. I think it's it a shell now, but regardless, you and I, I stopped there to fill up the gas tank. I took the dip out. I'm standing outside filling up the gas tank, minding my own business. I hadn't seen anybody I know. And I'm like, nice, dude. I'm about to roll up out of here and literally just like, not even a care in the world. And all of a sudden, I freaking hear your voice come up out of no, That's literally right. out of nowhere. That's right. And I Daddy see done you snuck up on you. I'm standing there freaking pumping gas with my back turned to with you. With a big old dip in your mouth. No, I didn't. It was in the car. So like. Well, how you, did I know listen, you were dipping Check then? it out. Remember. So check it out. Listen. <laughs> you go, what's up, son? And I'm like, oh my God. Turn around, I'm like, hello. I'm like, what are you doing? I thought you were supposed to be at the funeral home. And he was like, you were like, yeah, I just sat there. I'm on my way out there. I just saw you and figured I'd stop and say, hey. And I was like, oh, I'm just out here filling up these gas tanks. And you had your hand on my driver's side window. Oh, okay. And I remember thinking the whole time, man, God, please don't let dad look in there and see that stupid spitter sitting in the dad gum driver's seat. Because like, all he's got to do is turn his head to the left and I'm done. I'm done. And sure enough, I, I could feel you turning your head to the left, but I was not looking you in the face because I didn't want to see it happen. <laughs> so I just turned around and went to yeah, the back of the car. I went to the back me. of the car to like put the gas tank in the envoy. About that time, you come around there with the spitter in your hand. You say, son, what is this? And I said, what do you think it is? <laughs> And uh, I don't when remember. I should have taken my belt off right there and just. I don't remember right the full on discussion that we had. I think you asked me where I got it, and I said I found it, which was a lie. <laughs> Revelation twenty one eight. I don't. I I really don't like. I'm not a. I don't like to lie, but that was a lie. That was definitely a lie because I didn't. So want where to did tell. you get it? Uh, I don't remember where I got that particular can, but I do remember that situation though, and me like not wanting to tell you who bought it for me so i just said that i found it oh 
But regardless, I should have told you the truth probably. That well, I mean, that yeah. Well, necessarily okay. the right thing. Well, but I, regardless. You can't beat yourself up over that. You, I mean, the you know. funny part of all this is that you, you got on to me. You gave me this real big guilt trip. And then you probably chewed tobacco on the way to the freaking funeral. Guarantee you I did. Then I go back minding my own business. Probably had to chew in while I was Cutting at the, the grass. I think I might have been cutting grass at grandmama's. I don't know, but I remember you pulling up into the driveway and you like, have you told your mama yet? And I'm like, no. Have you told her? <laughs> so, I wasn't going to tell her. So then you went inside and I, I feel like you did tell her. No. Because uh-uh, no, maybe sir. you walked past Papa and was like, did you tell your Papa? And I think I told him. And then he just kind of like didn't respond. No, I can and, tell you exactly what And then you told mom, and then mom was like, it's y'all's fault. She pointed at both of y'all. Yeah, and then, blamed it on me and her daddy. Well, I've never seen her chew tobacco one day in her life, so I can't say it was her fault. Well, all right, so, we, <laughs> so I made you come into the house, mm-hmm. and your papa was sitting there in his chair, and I said, tell your papa what you've been doing. And you looked at him and said, Papa, I've been, I've been dipping some. And he goes, darn, boy, you better not do that. That's all he said. That's all the man said. Didn't give you a lecture. Didn't get on to you because he 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 was addicted to chewing cigars. Chewed them. I mean, for years. He would you take know, half and, and put it in one cheek and put the other half. He would literally bite it in bite half. Bite it in half and put it in both cheeks. And would just sit there. No lecture. And I thought, well, like that, chipmunk. that didn't work very well. So I said, all right, we'll go. i tell you what. You just go in there and tell your mama what you've been doing. So you went in there and I yeah, said, I Jesse, you got make- something to tell you. And she said, what is it? And you go, I've been dipping. And she said, come with me. Carried me and you back into the room where her daddy was at <laughs> and then pointed at her daddy and myself and said, the reason he's dipping is because of y'all. It's your fault. Nothing was ever your fault. It was always my fault or her daddy's fault. We always got blamed for everything. I think that's the reason we had such a strong connection because Everything that ever you guys ever did that was bad, the kids did that was bad. It was because me and Papa had the influence of making y'all do it in your mama's eyes. So there you have it. But I'm very grateful that you don't dip anymore, and yeah. I hope you never start again. Well, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Now that I've got it past me, it's not something that I, I I definitely am still addicted to nicotine. I can walk past cigarettes and be like, oh. oh. I, there's a part of me that would like to take a puff of that thing. Do you know what my daddy told me after he, the, the one year anniversary to him not smoking? Uh. I was visiting with him at his house. And I said, Daddy, it was a year ago today that you had your heart attack. He said, Yeah. He said, I'm very grateful to still be here. And I said, I am, I am grateful for that as well. I said, And this is a year anniversary to you not having a cigarette. And I said, I can't tell you how proud I am of you. And I said, Dad, I said, I just got to know, do, do you still want to smoke? And he said, son, he said, I would eat a cigarette right now. <laughs> I would eat one. He said, I want a cigarette so bad I can't stand it. He said, I just have to, I just have to find something to do to keep from smoking. And you yeah. know, he did, he had, he dealt with that addiction to nicotine till the very last breath he took. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was strong. Nicotine is a strong drug. Man. Well, when you like like I can sit here now. It used to bother me when I quit dipping, being around people dipping. That used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore at all. It doesn't be. It doesn't bother me to be around someone smoking. But when I do smell it, 
when because it's going into my system at that point, mm-hmm. right? I can sit there and watch you chew tobacco, and it's not not getting on me or getting in my system. Yeah, if I smell somebody smoking, there's a little bit of that coming into my system, and dude. Them freaking little them little things up in my bald headed brain just start going off, mm-hmm. going off, and so I know I'm like definitely still addicted to nicotine without a doubt. I probably do more caffeine. Definitely, I can say when I quit, I certainly, certainly leaned on caffeine more after I quit chewing tobacco. You know, the I remember the day my daddy caught me <clears throat> chewing tobacco. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had gotten me a pouch of beechnut wintergreen from one of the local older teens in our neighborhood, and I won't call their names. And uh, I had traded him something for that pouch of tobacco. I really don't remember what I traded him, but I traded him something for that pouch of tobacco. And I had... Taught my, I had, I thought I had taught myself to chew and chew well, like a like a man's supposed to chew. But what I was doing was I was taking just a little leaf or two out of there, and I was putting it back in my cheek, you know, really thinking I was big and grown, and you know, I was probably about twelve years old. So I was out mowing the yard one day, and of course I was mowing and I was spitting. Mm-hmm. Well, the old lawnmower quit as it always did. I was out there working on it, trying to get it started, and Daddy come over there, and he said, do you got gas in it? Yes, sir, got gas in it. And he said, okay, I got a question. I said, what's that? He said, why are you spitting so much? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I'm just spitting. I don't know. It's just happening. He said, you got sunflower seeds in your mouth? Because I, I used to like to eat sunflower seeds. I said, no, sir. He said, let me see your mouth. And I turned around. And he said, pull your gum back. Pull your cheek back so I can see your gums. Well, I felt like a fool, but I reached up there and pulled my cheek back. <clears throat> Daddy goes, oh, you're chewing tobacco. I said, yeah, I'm chewing a little bit. And he said, oh, that's not a chew. He said, that's just a leaf. He said, you got your tobacco on you? I said, yeah, I got it in my back pocket. He said, let me see it. I handed it to him. He opened up that pouch. He said, open your mouth. Son, he pulled out a wad. He pulled out about a, a fourth of that pouch of tobacco. He said, open your mouth. He shoved that in my mouth. He said, now, chew it. Well, I wasn't about to let him see me get sick. I was not going to let him see me get sick. I started chewing that stuff. Boy, my head started spinning. My eyes started crossing. My hair started curling. I cranked that lawnmower four or five times. I was hot and sweating. It was miserable out there that day. Finally got the old lawnmower started, and I was pushing and spitting, and I was thinking, I'm not going to let him see me puke. I am not going to let him see me puke. I just kept mowing, kept mowing, kept mowing. As soon as Daddy went in the house, I spit that mess out and went over and puked. Puked my guts out. But you know what? That didn't keep me from doing it again. That's how <laughs> stupid I am. you know. And you know what I really wish my daddy had done? I, at this point in time, because I'm still addicted to that mess, I wish my daddy had taken his belt off and whipped me all the way back to that house and told me if he ever caught me with tobacco or any kind of tobacco again, he was going to beat me within an inch of my life. But he didn't do it. He did it. He, but he did try to teach me. I just wasn't stupid. I just wasn't smart enough to learn. I was stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think his method of teaching me, A, is a pretty good story, 
And B was probably a better method than whipping me, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I was just. Because stupid. I don't think whipping you probably would have helped that situation. No, because I got plenty of probably them. Probably would have done it anyways after that. I day. got plenty of them. No doubt. You get immune to them after a while, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked about that in our last episode. If we did. Yeah, about how mama, how mama would whip you with whatever flop. she could get her hands on, you know. That's exactly right. But, hey, I will say this. I never got one I didn't deserve. Yeah. I deserved every one of them and, and got away with a bunch of them I should have gotten, probably. That's true. That's I probably feel that, too. You know. <clears throat> That's funny, though, that we got some good chew in the back of stories there. I got another one that I'll tell, which is hilarious, and I think I did it because of what the story you told me about Paul doing that to you. So Hunter's four years younger than me, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, so he would have been probably a freshman, I guess. And I was a senior in high school. And uh I had quit dipping for a couple months in high school, I guess. And uh me and Hunter were hanging out. And he was, I think he was talking, I don't remember all of it so well. But he, he must have at least tried to like dip or chew or something a couple times before and had been talking a big game because I wouldn't have just like done this out of nowhere. But over there at Tim's, I was shooting over that day. I know. I don't even know if we went to shoot, but I was like, I don't remember exactly. Maybe he needs to come on here and defend himself. But, um, and it was something to the effect of I made him put as big a dip in as he could and run up the hill ten times. Are you serious? Well, I thought if he got sick, he wouldn't do no, it that anymore. Was, that was a great. That was a great training. Uh, That's method literally right there. what I did. I, I, but here's I can't what, believe he did it. Here's the deal. Here's what blew my mind. I'm gonna be straight with you. I was literally. I thought this will get him. He'll 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 quit, and he won't he won't even try to pick it up anymore because he's gonna get sick. It's hot today. There's no way. It was like it was like skull wintergreen fine cut. It wasn't nothing easy to dip. Oh, neither. Yeah. you know, I got something. I got something that was gonna be hard on the boy. Oh man, yeah, yeah you weren't and you like weren't easy on him. No, and I like I I made him pack it full, full dude. <laughs> And he so ran. How, I was like, if you can do he it, when you did, he this. had to be. But he he was four years younger than me, and I, I was a senior in high school. Okay, so he's about fourteen then. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't have done that if he hadn't have already been chewing. I don't know what he. So what you think he was doing? He he'd been dipping a little bit and talked a big talk, game about a big game about it. Yeah, and yeah, I that's, was that's what you do. That's and what so does. I was like, okay, well, maybe. Maybe he'll, cause I had, like I said, I had stopped for a little while in high school mm-hmm. and, and any, which, you know, I guess so I say stopped or whatever. Anyways, dude did not get sick. Um, I was, I was, he didn't get sick. No, no, I can't no, believe this is no, the first time I'm hearing no. this story. Hunter, Hunter stone cold ran up that hill to, and I don't want to tell this story cause it's only going to feed his, enormous ego <laughs> but 
He ran up and down that hill like an athlete with that chew Good in the back grief. in his mouth. He come back down the tenth time and he looked at me like he wanted more. Oh my goodness. Like, he finally spit like after that I will say watching him try to get it out after that, he was literally like in tears because like I mean he after like after he did all of that and like stood up to me to like show me he could do it oh my he word. was over it he was like crying trying to get it out of his so, mouth and so everything. he did the same thing that i did with my daddy i wasn't gonna let my daddy see me i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna let him yeah, see me so, yes <laughs> you know and I, and I did admit i could not believe he didn't throw up though i, did, I seriously could not believe he didn't throw i up. did later admit to my dad that that i did toss my cookies after he went back into the house that day but it took me Many years before I ever did admit that to him, but your st- your training method was on spot, man. That was a that was a great training method, right there. Well, you know, I guess I trained him to handle the nicotine that, well because he ain't stopped since. He ain't stopped, but you know, it's a, it's a hard habit to quit. Hey, I know we got a lot of people out there listening, and oh, people, he wasn't doing it much on vacation. I think now that I think about it, I don't think I saw him do anything. Uh, he, he was, but he didn't, he didn't do it a lot. Yeah, not so. near, I can't say anything, not nearly as much as what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was just a little. Um, but I do want to say this. We probably got people out there that are listening to this and probably got some young people listening to it. And I, I know I got some nieces and nephews that I love and adore. And I, I want to say this, youngins, don't, don't ever pick that stuff up. If you ever pick it up, you, you, if you never pick it up, you never have to worry about putting it down and quitting. Stay away from that mess. It'll get you. It, it'll, it, it, it really will take over your life. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry that I have been a poor influence on, on them oh, because of that. It's but, okay. We still love you. Well, and you know, uh, hopefully people will look past that and still love me, but uh, <laughs> it, it, once again, youngins, don't, don't pick that stuff up, man. You're not a bad person if you use tobacco products at all. At all. No, I wouldn't By say you're way. a bad person. You're just hurting yourself. No, that, you know? that is, that's the truth of it though. For real. Literally. I mean, like, that's one reason why I'm glad that because like it didn't serve a purpose for me you know what i'm saying like it literally was just an inconvenience all of the time because i had to have it all of the time and it didn't like it might like it worked like caffeine it's a stimulant in the same way so very similar and so I, i i really didn't see an need for it i looked at it and i was like this is literally just an extra expense it's an inconvenience and nobody like really likes it like no you know it's, what I'm, it's saying? Gross. I'm like like well i mean like <clears throat> people i convinced myself i liked it when i was doing it if that makes any sense i tell you i i would i would love to be able to put it down and never go back to it and one of these days i will but it is it is a it is a hard thing to quit. I know of people right now today I love dearly who smoke and they've had heart issues, they've had issues with their lungs and they can't they can't they can't put it down. Yeah. And I'm not talking bad about those people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying that that stuff if it ever gets a hold of you, it's hard to let it go, yeah. man. 
It's yeah. just hard to let it go. I have tried some like hemp pouches and stuff since they've started coming out with those. And like, which I will say are kind of cool in the fact that like they're made to like swallow and like, dude, the ones I had, mm. I can't, I'm trying to remember what brand it was. I hadn't had them in a long time. Oh, dang it. If I think of it, I'll say it. But they had some that were like actually really good. They tasted good. And like, it was like basically sucking on a really sweet tea bag. Because they were like little pouches, right? And it was just hemp. Um, like, like CBD, I guess, technically. Why are you laughing? I can't. I can't. You just gotta keep talking. I, <laughs> I can't. What? Are you sucking on a CBD pouch? No, I'm not. No, I'm, I've got my, my, dude, we just need, you need to, you're gonna have to edit this out. I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll tell you after the, Okay. I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. Okay. Right. And I'm sitting over crying now, laughing. I'm crying. Oh my gosh. Okay. Go ahead. Finish your hemp story and we'll move on. Well, I was just going to say that I've tried some of those and, and I've also tried like, um, tobacco list dip and stuff like that. And there are products out there you can try to use to, to like, Wing yourself off if you want to, if you really want to quit. I'm a big, like, I, I did use some of those. I went, and started leaning on chewing gum hard. And I still, I still use chewing gum a lot. I like chewing gum. It you makes know, my breath smell good. Charlie Daniels dipped for years and then he went to chewing gum. Dude, I, 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 I remember re- seeing him without chewing gum in so his mouth after that. It, it is funny you mention that. That is true. I don't ever remember seeing him not chewing gum. And I didn't even know that he was like a big chew. Chewer tobacco oh, user skull, until, until I saw some like years later on YouTube. Skull bandits. People put up these old clips yeah. of these ads and stuff yeah. of, of him doing it and talking to interviews. He mm-hmm. did an interview with a, like a late night show one night and popped his wintergreen out. Yeah. Put a chew in right there on and the then, stage. And then he started advertising funny. for Skull Bandits when they came out with the little Skull pouches. Skull was the first one to come out with a pouch. And he he did a lot of interviews uh, or, or advertisements for uh, for Skull Bandits. Uh, um, funny. But, but yeah, uh, chewing gum for sure, all the time. But anyways, I I started leaning on that, and that's something that I use. And I will say, I started drinking a lot of coffee, like absurd more more coffee than I did. Like I, I think I really liked the bitterness of the coffee. Um. And it was almost like I would drink it black too. Yuck. So it would be like almost, cause you know, dip was not necessarily like a, it was a bitter taste always. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think there was something that really attracted me to that. And then also I was getting the caffeine at the same time. So my body was receiving some sort of stimulant. I'm not saying that's the best way to get off of chewing tobacco or smoking cigarettes, but that, that is something that I did a lot. Well, I'm still going to say to the young people out there, don't do it. Don't even pick up something that looks like it. Just don't do it. Go get you a pack of sugar-free chewing gum. Dude, you something can. Something that's recommended by the uh, Dental Association. You can go You can go get it and buy it and do it all you want to, but you're going to pay for it. Yeah. More Just than once. Don't do it. You're going to pay for it more than paying for it at the gas station. Absolutely, you will. Absolutely, yeah, you will. Because, like, my, my teeth suffered a lot from how much I chewed and I can only imagine what my jaw would look like if I just continued. I'm going to say it again. All you young people just don't pick it up. If you never pick it up, you never have to worry about putting it down. I know, I know I'm not the one to be saying that, but please 
Don't do it. Trust me. Trust bald headed Papa T. I'll do my best. To, I'll do, I'll do my best to never lead you Trust astray. Trust bald headed Papa T. That's a new That's right. hashtag. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about our uh, little trip to the beach. As uh, something interesting happened while we were there. You hit me. Uh, the guy that came up to us at, at the beach while I, we were on the beach. I, I'm trying to think of his name right now and. Do you remember what? I don't remember his name, and I'm sorry. I might be wrong, but I feel like Ron was this guy's name. Well, I I try to put stuff in my phone, and I didn't have my phone out at the time. We met quite a few people on the beach, and then we met several people that worked at the place and, you know, got to know a few people while we were there. You know, we talked to folks, and... uh, no, you and I talked to people. Yeah, we talked to people. Yeah, okay. But I believe this gentleman's name was Ron, and he was there with several, there was like three couples that was sitting there um, in chairs together every day, and I think at least two of them, maybe all three of the men were bald. I think all three of them were bald. And, yeah. I, and I went up to one of them the first day we were there, and I was like, hey, man, I, I got this song for you. I want you to go check it out, bald-headed country boy, and... Then me and my dad started this podcast, and then I started telling the rest of them about it. Then the next day, we came back down to the beach, and then who I believe his name was Ron, he came over to us, and he mentioned that he went back to the room and listened to, I don't know if he listened to one or several of the podcasts, but I know he listened to the, I don't even want to say what he said about the podcast that he listened to. Chitlins, it made me sick to my stomach. Dude said, dude said next time we cook chitlins, he's coming. Did you know what else he said? I don't remember. Nothing. He hopes he finds the piece of corn. He hopes he gets the chitlins. Oh fries. my gosh! Yeah. I almost threw up there on the beach, but I did yeah. appreciate the man dearly I I for did. listening to the podcast. I, the, and I tell you what, we hadn't really thought of doing like a chitlin cook and inviting people at all. But when that man said that, I thought, huh, the, maybe we should. For the first time in my life, I felt a little bit like a celebrity. <laughs> And there I was laid up like a fat rat in a cheese factory on the beach. Yeah, you were. In my, in my plastic chair that I had to get help getting out of every time because they were about three inches off the ground. By the time I sat on it, it sunk down into the sand. I was about three inches off the ground. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this guy comes up, very nice guy. And, uh, he, you know, was telling us that he'd listened to the podcast and, and he was, he was carrying on about the chitlins and that just made my day. I believe he also said something too about how he liked the dynamic of just me and, you know, a dad and a son on there talking and telling stories and, and, uh, that was, I really appreciated hearing that from someone that I didn't even know yeah. because that was, you know, us doing this. We've mentioned each other a few times is, you know, is anybody even really going to want to sit around and listen to us talk and tell stories like that? Yeah. Cause, you know, those are just feelings you have when you start things like this. And it was really cool to have, have someone like that go and listen to the podcast and then come up and, and, and I mean, I felt like we was buddies then. I, like, I, you know, I felt like it was cool because I, well, that we told some stories and they knew us a little bit better. And I'm, I hate that we don't know them a little bit better, but, but hey, know. maybe we get to know them a little yeah, better. Yeah. Maybe Social we'll have media, a chitlin cook know. one day. <laughs> And, uh, let's talk about something else that happened while we were in Florida. Something, uh, pretty spectacular. Mm. Uh, 
the, you were on the syndicated national television. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Forgot about that. How about the Kelly Clarkson show, man. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. That was pretty amazing. And I didn't know it was coming in while we were going to be in Florida. Now you taped this. Tell, tell everybody when you taped this. <clears throat> this was a couple months ago. Yeah. I, uh, was just hanging out at work doing some lessons at Creative Vets and, yeah. Um, Richard called me and was like, Hey, you might get a call later about, I don't know if he told me then that it was the Kelly Clarkson show, but he mentioned the song that, um, one of the songs that I was a co-writer on with the program called unbroken. And I do believe he said that the Kelly Clarkson show might be contacting me just to ask me some stuff about it. But it went from that to four hours later, I was driving to, a CVS to get COVID tested. Right. So I could fly the next day. The very next day, the next morning. Yeah. To, um, LA to be on the show. And so that was crazy. That was really crazy. All of this Cause I, lit- I mean, I left, I came home. I'm on the phone with them pretty much from the time that I left creative vets. Um, I get home and then I, determined that i have to go get this covid test i figure out where i can get the test it was it was a little bit of a drive so i hopped in the car ran across town did it packed everything up went to sleep got up the next day they flew me out to la and then uh, that was my first time in california which was pretty stinking cool i flew in landed in the airport and um I guess I skipped over some stuff like uh, like it went from me not knowing what I was doing or like them giving me a call to being like, hey, we want to have we're doing a segment on the story of the song Unbroken with with Dan A. Bear. And uh, we want to have you guys come out to L.A. to to be part of the story, two of you. And so, yeah, got to L.A. When I got there to the airport, there was a very nice driver there to pick me up. He was a very nice guy. We had a, a really cool conversation on the way to, um, the hotel where they dropped me, where he dropped me off. Actually, I had to go get another COVID test. <laughs> Went to another COVID test as soon as they got me off the plane. Then he drove me to the hotel. Um, but he was a really nice guy. Um, there's, I can't remember. There's a song called, um, people who drive me places and like, I thought about that while I was in that car. I think that's maybe Ben Rector. Forgive me if it's – you'll have to look it up and listen to it after this. It's a, re, it's a really cool song. Okay. Um, but anyways, that was just a really nice gentleman. And um, and then there was another guy who drove me to one of the one of the other – like I think he drove me from the the uh, the ho- the show to the to the hotel or something like that. He was a really, really nice guy, and he was from a foreign country, and he told me that America <coughs> was the best place to live. No matter what, you know, and, that's, and that made me that made me feel very. That's amazing when you hear somebody, because we we do we take we take our country for granted. Yeah, but those both of those drivers were just really kind, and I appreciated them, and made me think of that song. So I have to look it up and check it out. But anyways, um, get there. I eat a little bit of lunch, took a little nap because I was super tired. Then Dan A. Bear gets there. We meet up. Um, we went and watched a. We, like we we had the evening to kill in L.A. and I hadn't got to hang out with Dan. Okay, so he, he visited town with his with his kids several months before this, and that was like the 
only time I had gotten to see him in person since we had written that song, I feel like, mm-hmm. which was at this point two years prior. Right. So we were really pumped to see each other and uh, to get to spend a little bit of time together, and he wanted to go do something. And, uh, you know, I, I did too. We Luckily, we found this place called The Baked Potato. Oh, wow. Right across the street from our hotel. Okay. And it was like this killer jazz club that served all these specialty baked potatoes. That sounds like heaven to me. It was real. It was really cool, dude. If we, if like, if I love we were to potato. ever be in LA, I would love for us to go back there because the show that was there, the four musicians that played there, holy cow. It was a guitar player, a piano player, a bass player, and a drummer. And all four of them could have played their own show for four hours by themselves. Wow. Yeah, they were amazing. I'm talking amazing. And it was really, it was really cool to get to see that show and get to see it with Dan and, and get to catch up with him. And like, that was one of the first times I got to really verbally in person hear him tell me how unbroken has impacted him and his kids. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like we've shared some text messages and things like that. And like he's, he said it the last time that, that they came into town, but it really set in. It really set in at that point, how much it meant to them and how much it had impacted their life since that point. And like what it, what it gave them. And, and it was just really, beautiful to realize how i got to be a part of that all right now let me stop you for a second the song the song is unbroken uh uh-huh. and it was written at creative vets no it, well it was written through creative vets absolutely at, through creative vets it was written where at the grand Ole Opry. at the grand Ole Opry in in the cowboy room in the cowboy room uh so um that in itself is cool mm-hmm. uh the, the the other thing is the the song again unbroken can be played right now on anywhere that you stream music mm-hmm. absolutely because it, it was it was it was cut it was actually cut veteran or um creative vets put out a project when they partnered with big machine big machine right called veteran songs and i believe that was the they might have put out some singles before that so i don't want to speak I don't want to speak too strongly on it, but they did put that project out then, and that song was on it. And um, the other gentleman that wrote the song with us, Dan Couch, is the one who sang on that recording. Okay. All right. So if you – anywhere you stream music, you can just go in there and put in Unbroken and and or Dan Couch. Or Creative Vets as well. Creative Vets as well, and it will pull it up, and you can hear the song. So this is the song that, that they were uh, – that Jesse and Dan A. Bear were discussing on Kelly Clarkson. So take mm-hmm. us to Kelly Clark. Take us t- take us to the taping, mm-hmm. and uh, tell us what that was all about. Tell Bef- us about meeting Kelly and all. Before that. I jump to the taping, I do want to give Dan Couch a shout out because he was awesome and um like like not only was he awesome in the room and really great and cool to work with and like it honestly I got to learn from him in that situation too, yeah. um uh. He's also like he wrote several hit songs for Kip Moore that like I were some of my favorite songs in college. Yeah, like, you remember me playing at um, Roosters Texas Barbecue, right? Oh yeah, you remember that song Reckless? 
Yeah. Maybe I'm reckless. Maybe right. bad luck. Yeah. So that was him. And I, believe, oh, wow. I, I think he wrote it with Kip Moore, but Kip Moore cut it. Okay. And, um, I believe he wrote something about a truck and, uh, there's quite a few, Ooh, quite a few other ones. I'm song. not going to start spouting off because I, I may be, um, I might be saying something wrong, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely written quite a few <laughs> for Kip and probably some others and just a super nice guy. And, um, yeah, Dan Dan A. Bear and I had several conversations about how much we appreciated him. Anyways, moving on from there, you asked about the taping of the show, right? right. So um, that morning we woke up, and I think there was a gym at the at the hotel. So I hit that and grabbed a cup of coffee, and by the time I got my clothes on, they were ready to pick us up. Well, you, you put clothes on before you went to gym and got coffee. Though, I right? did. I was okay, not. You didn't do that. I nude. didn't do that in the nude. Okay. Dude. All right. Just, I, just to clarify that. I did not do that in the nude. And, um, like the, by that time we were ready to go and, uh, we drove, I think they might have COVID tested us again. Um, if I'm not, man, they were, yeah, they it was, it was serious, sure, weren't they? It was serious. And honestly, I was so nervous the whole time. I was like, man, if they fly, if I fly all the way out here and get here and like get my hopes up and then right before they're like, no, you can't come in here because you're coughing. Oh, dude, I was going to be so, oh, so man. upset. So I was like really, really paranoid that I was going to have mm. a, a bad test, but luckily both of us tested fine and, uh, they took us back to basically like a, a green room kind of area that was super nice with plenty of snacks and drinks and, and, uh, all of the people that worked with the show, all the ladies that, that we interacted with were just super kind and super nice the whole time. And we sat back in that room and I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I mean, we really just kind of like relaxed and I got the guitar out and played through because I, I did bring, they did have me bring my guitar. Cause at that time, uh, we weren't sure if I was going to have that, um, opportunity to play at the Grand Ole Opry stage like right, that. Right. So they had me bring my guitar with me just in case I needed to play it on stage. And so I was back there like <laughs> playing some like that, that, uh, don't you want to stay song she did with Jason Aldean? Yeah. Back there doing that little, doing a little practicing on that just in case, you know, she ever, Jason's not around. She needs a singing she partner. She needs a singing partner. I'm, I'm there, dude. I, I know. <laughs> I got the, I got them words memorized now. <laughs> and so, uh, anyways, we had a really good time hanging out. And I remember now that I'm thinking about it, he asked me to videotape a recording of me playing it back there for his kids. And we did that. And, um, yeah, they they came back, prepped us for going out, put her literally put makeup on me and my bald head. It was great. I've never had makeup on my bald head before, but thank you, Kelly, for making that happen. Um, yeah. And so, tell us about meeting Kelly Clarkson. What? Was oh, dude, like? it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy. I was like, Were I you mean, starstruck. I mean. Yeah, it, it was very, I didn't get to meet her before the interview. Literally, like, they, we, we did a, like, I didn't interact with her much outside of that interview. I got to, we got to come back in and take another picture with her and talk to her for a second, but like, there was several other, they were taping for an entire veteran right. show, right? So right. there was several other veteran organizations there doing some things. There was this, huge jacked veteran cook that was like four of me dude like i'm gonna tell you that he is a beast yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't i feel bad i can't remember his name but um in the time that we did get to interact with her she was unbelievably sweet 
as you would yeah, imagine. I, 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 I you know what I'm saying? Her not being. Yeah, just absolutely as sweet as she appears to be on TV, like I said, in the short amount of time I got to interact with yeah. her. Um, but I did, like, literally, she wasn't singing to me, but, like, she was like, oh, I love the song. She started singing to me on the couch and I'm sitting there with this big stupid grin on my face going ah, ah, ah. I'm sitting on the couch and Kelly Clarkson singing a song to me you know I mean it was just wild um and so yeah anyways that happened then the the, the like we did this interview and uh at one point I was crying and then like she started crying with the the camera turned off and she looked at me and she goes, I just love it when a grown man cries. <laughs> <laughs> well, she would love us then. Yeah. And I was like, I, I was, uh, we would give her plenty of opportunity to love us. Yeah. Right I was going to say, that's for sure. And so anyways, I got a kick out of that. I you thought got a that case of the Uncle Wilburn's on national television. Didn't yeah. You? I did. Yeah. I did. Dude, big time. All our cousins in Arkansas will get a kick out of yeah, that. Yeah. Hashtag crying bald guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, my friend at work, Jenna, she told me, uh, she was like, yeah, my, I think it was her dad. She was like, man, she goes, my dad was watching and she goes, why? Or he said, wow, that guy's a big crybaby. <laughs> I was like, dang, dude. I mean, I didn't think I cried that much, but holy cow. Hey, man, it's hard to talk about stuff like that without being emotional. I mean, it's a, yeah. there, you know, there's a lot of emotion there. Well, I told uh, you, I mean, I, that, w- that weekend was the first time Dan and I really got to hang out and I really got to hear how much it impacted him, multi- like in depth. And so hearing that, seeing all of that, really see, seeing a big full circle moment kind of deal mm-hmm. come together it was just it was hard not to be so the whole for time. the first time in in your career you've probably seen how a song that you've written has impacted somebody directly and you know there's no telling how many people that song has impacted because mm-hmm. there's no telling how many people that's listened to it that can say you know I relate to this you know yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a short story about it. One day I was doing a session with another veteran and we were in a, in a writing session situation and we were trying to come up with what we wanted to write about. And I was like, let's like try to find a main theme kind of, kind of deal. And he like kept saying, I think he was actually literally saying unbroken or like, or broken one or the other. Like it, but I think it might have actually been unbroken. And he just kept staying on that. I kept trying to pull us away from it, but he just kept going back to it. I was yeah. like, ah, oh. I was like, I can't write that again. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I can, but like, is there another, there's got to be another way we can t- say what he's trying to say right. in a different way than that. Right. Like, let's just pick a different word. And so instead of me saying that to him, I was like, can I play you something real quick? And he was like, yeah. And so I played him the first verse and chorus of Unbroken. And halfway through the, the, like, I don't even know if I made it to the chorus. This guy started crying and he pushed his way out of the screen so I wouldn't see him. And I finished singing the, 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 you know, the verse and the chorus. And like, he literally like wouldn't pull himself back in the screen. And I just started talking to him and I, I could tell he was crying and he was like, dude, that, he was like, you have no idea how hard that just hit yeah. me. It was just the first verse in the course. And, um, yeah, I knew, I knew it 
I knew it was like going to be really impactful, but to see that in that moment, right? That was very, um, very, very impactful to me because I could tell that that guy did not want um, to necessarily open up to me in that way at that right. time. I don't think he wanted to open up in that way at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, yeah. But I mean, that's, yeah. that just goes to show how music, uh, you know, can impact people. And I mean, I think about it a lot. You know, where, where would we be without music? Uh, mm. You know, we listen to music for, for various reasons. Some we, li- we listen to music to be entertained. Sometimes we listen to music to be taught. We listen to music to, to sometimes we play a song to express our feelings to somebody. I mean, there's just so many, so many reasons to, to listen to music and, and, and the words of the, of the song can impact you so, so heavily. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to let you, uh, the very first verse of that song, I'm going to let you say the words to it because I'll probably mess it up. But what is the very first verse of that song? Well, I know I'm your daddy. And I'll always be, even though sometimes it seems like you have to daddy me. To me, when I hear that verse right there, that touches my heart so deeply. Because being a father and having children, I know that there have been times in my life when y'all have had to be my support and my cheerleaders and show me extra love uh, when, when I should be the one doing that for you. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, me being a veteran or anything. I'm just talking about regular everyday stuff that you go through sometimes. You know, you come home and you, you know, you come home and you have one of the worst days you've ever had in your life. And then you walk in and your kids are like, daddy's home. You know, well, that's when your daddy and me, Mm -hmm. you know, I come, you know, even today, that the the way that you impact my life just by being here and being around me, you're 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 doing for me what I should be doing for you, and hopefully I am doing those things for you. But what I'm saying is that that one verse right there just really hit me, just touched my heart, man. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's there's a lot of truth in that verse right there. So that one goes into like, Daddy, are you okay? Are you all right? Did you have another dream last night? And then it says, well, I wish you could have seen me when I felt like Superman back before I lost that piece of me out in that desert sand. Now the sky ain't always blue and I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm broken, but I'm in the fight. Yes, I'm broken, but I'll be all right. I'm broken, but here's the truth. I feel unbroken when I'm with you. See, that that just, oh, man, that sends chills down my spine. I, and I've heard that song probably a thousand times, and it still just it, every time I hear it, it just does the same thing. Now I will admit, uh, when when the, I did not know on the Kelly Clarkson show that your appearance on the Grand Ole Opry was going to be the, at the end of the show. Which, by the way, let me tell everybody, what, this is the Kelly Clarkson show. It's it's season three, episode one forty seven. Season three, episode one forty seven. You can go back and watch it. You can stream it online. It's all on YouTube, and too. it's all on YouTube the whole as well. Interview and the song, the whole the whole show is mm-hmm. on there. And watch the whole show because Seriously. there's some very cool people that that they uh, they premiere on that show. But right at the very end uh, is your appearance on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry. They taped it there, 
And uh, I will admit through that whole experience right there at the end of that show, I had a huge case of Uncle Wilburn's come over on me. Um, I did not know that was going to be at the end of the show. I was shocked <laughs> when it came. I knew you taped it, but I didn't know that's what you were taping it for. Yeah, and I didn't know if it was something Creative Vets was going to use or if it was something going to be on the Kelly. I didn't know. Yeah, and I was just kind of sitting there watching the show and enjoying it, and and you know we watched every. You could hear a pin drop in our condo the whole time this thing was on. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you came up on stage, I'm like, okay, here come the waterworks. You know, but uh, man, I was I was really proud. I was proud. Of, I was proud of the the work that you do with creative vets i'm proud of creative vets i fortunately have gotten to meet a lot of people over there and i hadn't met one yet that wasn't just the salt of the earth you know mm-hmm. i mean just the salt of the earth some of the best people you'll ever meet in your life so that was a really cool experience i'm glad you got to do that. well shout out to zach heath he was the first veteran that i worked with in the creative vets program and uh that like story that i told about the the veteran that I worked with for the first time, that was yeah. him. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to him and thank you, Zach, for being the first veteran that I worked with in the Creative Vets program. Because, like, you know, it's a big it's a big move to you know make the jump to say, yeah. hey, I want to go try this songwriting program with these songwriters from Nashville that I've never met before to try yeah. to talk to. Talk to them about something that I can't even talk to my family about. Right. You know, like, right. so thank you for letting me do that. Thank you for letting me be a part of that moment for you. Um, because like I said on the show, it very much so impacted me greatly. And I won't ever forget singing that song at Belcourt Taps later that evening with you. That yeah. was a very cool experience for all of us. Uh huh. Were you there that night? I was there that night. Yeah, I mean, you and mom pretty much came to everything I've ever done. uh, He was there in the crowd, um, and the song that you played, uh, like you said, he, you know, he, he was mouthing the words Mm -hmm. back to you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I didn't know who the guy was, uh, until I saw him singing the song while you were, you know, while you were playing it on stage. And, uh, Afterwards, I went over and introduced myself, and uh, you know, I, I I was a blubbering idiot by that time when I went and introduced myself. Says he, he you know, he probably thinking he thought. I you, guess that was they, probably the first time you met Richard too. That was the first time I met Richard because yeah. that I mean, literally, I'm I met Mitch Richard Richard the night before. Yeah, at the whiskey jam. Right, I had maybe met him prior to that, but that night before was when we exchanged right. phone numbers. And he called me the next day. I did not feel very good because I whiskey jammed. Oh, you did? Oh, I did. Yeah. I did. Well, you, you hit it pretty well. Oh, buddy. You I know. whiskey jammed and, and I woke up that next morning to a phone call from whiskey, uh, from Richard at 1030 and my head felt like it was about to explode. And he said, Hey, man. I was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> Acting like I've been up, you know, just got, got like off you've a, been up a three mile night. run yeah, or something. Right. Yeah. You know? You've been up all morning. <laughs> He's like, what's up? And I'm like, oh, nothing. Just hanging out at the house. What's up, dude? And he goes, well, I, I do actually have a veteran here that needs somebody to write with him this morning. We're going to be started here in about 45 minutes if you can. Make you it were up. in Fairview at that time. Literally. And so I was like, dude, you're going to have to let me hop in the shower real quick and I'll be there as soon as I can. 
So I rolled up and wrote with, uh, I believe it was him and, and, and Brett Gillen, who also works with us over at Creative Vets. And when I say him, I, I mean Richard Casper. So the three of us and then our friend Zach Heath, who was going through the program at the time. And, um, yeah, man, um, I believe the title of that song we decided on was Final Roll. And it was a song for uh, his friend that he lost. And there's, mm. there's, there's, and forgive me guys if, if I'm don't speak on this properly because I'm not a veteran. I've never been in the military, but the way that they, I remember them telling this to me is that like there's this roll call that they do in the military, right? And if someone didn't make it, there's a final roll. Right. And, and you hear their name and they're like, the rank, rank called out over like multiple times. And we, we like implemented that into the song. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a really cool one. I'll, I will, uh, I'll do a, a recording of it one of these days when I can learn how to play it on that left handed guitar or the piano. I'm, I'm about there. I'm, it's just gonna take me. Yeah, a we, bit that would be that would be really cool to for you to sing a few of those songs on here. That I have I have major plans right. to do that. That's I just good. I need y'all to give me just a little bit more time to get these uh, get these two new instruments down under my under my belt, and I'm gonna be back back and happening. That's a that that was a really cool experience. Uh, we're very thankful for the Kelly Clarkson show for for premiering that yes. and and uh you know their focus on the veterans and and what the veterans are doing when they when they come out of the military some of the cool things that they're doing when they come out of the military uh <laughs> Zach told me him and his him and they had more kids so okay well there you go baby making baby making yeah now so i talked to Dan a bear uh a week before well, right before we went on vacation and uh he was talking about being there and writing that song and the therapy that he received out of it. Uh, and he, he, I think he made the statement like this, you know, that's therapy you can't buy. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't get that kind of therapy with, through a therapist. I mean, it's things that, you know, when you're writing that song, you're working through your, your emotions during mm -hmm. that time. So really cool to meet that guy. Yeah. Uh, super nice guy. Um, so we've talked a lot today about creative vets and I hope you'll look yeah, them up and, and the Kelly, uh, Clarkson, and the Kelly show. Clarkson show and, uh, talked a little bit about vacation. I want to uh, say too, before I didn't speak a lot on it, but playing on the stage was, was pretty amazing. It was, it was very quick. We only had about an hour to do it and, uh, really, uh huh. well, the and production on that was fantastic. So here's the cool part. Eric Burgett was the guy who played piano, right? Right. And, uh, he, uh, he and I played in a writer's round at Creative Vets for the veterans going through the program at the time the night before. And I played Unbroken that night and he like listened to me and I, I don't even know if he played along with me then. I think he might have cause I told him he could, but right. I can't quite remember. We didn't practice it again after that. And then we showed up at the Grand Ole Opry the next morning at wow. eight o'clock and I met the drummer for the first time. And I believe his name, forgive me, is Shane Williams. If I didn't say that right, but I think it was Shane Williams. And, uh, he was a great drummer and I believe he drummed for 
I think I think he told me he drummed for Neil McCoy for a very long time and just recently I think that, stopped. I think that's what you told me. Yeah, yeah which is so cool. Um, but he was awesome to work with. It was just crazy to be thrown in that situation. I hadn't played um, with a band in a little while, right? Especially since I had my surgery. Like I hadn't definitely hadn't played with a band since September, I guess. Right. Right. Um, so I was a little nervous, and uh, I honestly have not. Had not been playing a lot of right-handed guitar at that point. I had been trying to not play right-handed guitar right. um, because of the the pain that it was causing me. So I I did not feel like as good as I was three or four months ago, if that makes any sense, before I had the surgery. Like I was playing all the time. I was gigging all the time. I was freaking like I was on the money. Right. And I didn't feel like I was on the money that day. Um, but it was so much fun and – those guys were unbelievably great to work with. We played through it like twice to get warmed up and then they started recording. And then I'm assuming they just grabbed the best one of the, the three, maybe four runs we had to go through. And then, uh, <coughs> and then they, we had, uh, our buddy Bo do an awesome video job of it. And well, I tell you, the production of that thing was fantastic. It was awesome. I mean, you you had shown me just a little small clip that you know that you recorded or somebody recorded or something like that, and but to sit there and watch it start to finish, uh, and it, it the it was just it was great. So it was I walked out on that circle that for the first time ever the day that I wrote Unbroken, and didn't you take your shirt off? I did, literally. So there was, I can't remember this guy's name, but he was a veteran going through the program and he had on an Albert Einstein shirt and he looked at me and I had on one of my Nashville Armory shirts. Shout out Nashville Armory. And, uh, good shirt. It was cool. It had, it had like, it looked like an AR with the, uh, skyline of Nashville across the Yeah, that's the top a great design. And that guy looked at me and he goes, dude, I love that shirt right there. I was like, you can get, get you one of these at Nashville Armory, man. I was like, you need to come in. At the time I was working there, I was like, you need to come in there and see me. And I said, heck, I tell you what, I'll give you, I'll give it to you if you want it. And like, I was kind of joking, but I'm, I'm in it because, I mean, as soon as that came out of my mouth, this dude starts pulling his shirt off. And we're both standing in the in the circle. Like, I had just walked into the circle, and there was four or five veterans that were about to go through the program standing there with somebody who was kind of, like, showing them around. Maybe somebody that worked for the Grand Ole Opry. I can't remember. But, like, this all went down as soon as I stepped in the circle to meet these guys, he says that about my shirt. I'm like, well, I'll give it to you if you want it. And he starts taking his shirt off. And I'm like, well, dadgummit, I'm going to have to take my shirt off. I guess off I'm too. taking mine off. Yeah, too. so I start taking my shirt off, and I give it to him. And he gives me his, and I put his on, and he put mine on. And about that time, here comes a tour of tours. You know, they got the little Grand Ole Opry tours running through there, and they're watching us trade so, shirts in the middle of the circle. So what you're saying is – that your first time being in the circle at the Grand Ole Opry, you took your shirt off. Absolutely. I wonder if there's another uh, another person in the world that can say that. I don't know. Might be me. It might be you. Well, except oh. for the gentleman that was in the circle with me. Yeah, I guess so. Unless he stepped in it before. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't his first time in the circle. We're the only ones that can say it. We're going to find out, though. I'm going to ask around. I, uh, I think we probably need to uh, – call this thing because i've got to go check my butt dude oh my gosh you've got a 
specify what you're talking about here. I've got a Boston butt on the smoker, so I've got to go check my butt. Thank you, because that <laughs> I don't know if that was concerning for y'all, but that was concerning <laughs> for me. It was concerning. And I'm making was, a banana pudding. I was today. about to look at you and say, "Now don't act natural." Yeah, don't act natural. Oh, good lord, <laughs> <laughs> don't act natural. Yeah, I got a, I got, I got a banana pudding. I got to make, and I got to go check my butt. So. You know, I, I've been trying to talk you into doing some TikTok cooking videos. You think you can, you make if yourself you do record them? I can. I mean, I can tell you well, what I'm I love doing. You, I don't but know. I can't, I, I can't record your videos too. I well, I'm grown man. I don't know how to do it. I'm just all I can do is just cook. Well, I believe you can learn. And I think. I, believe I think me. I think you watching me cook would be one of the most boring things in the world. I don't think so. I think you would make it real fun. And I've I've always I've always thought cooking with you is fun. I've always liked cooking with you because I'm a better cook than you. So well, that that that's always aggravating because but you learn from the master. <laughs> well, that's fine, but it's fun to cook with you because. You get aggravated you every learn, time you eat something I cook. You're like, Dad, gummit, it is better. You learn from the master grasshopper. <laughs> oh gosh, Karate well, Kid reference there. That is right. Well, I hope you enjoy your butt today. I'm sure I will enjoy some of it too. Well, and, it's big uh, enough. We there'll be plenty. There was some chicken we pulled off that Traeger yesterday. Too. We did a beer butt chicken on that thing yesterday. Man, it will melt in your mouth. It was good. With a uh, little sister Schubert rolls. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So, uh, yeah, make sure you check out the Kelly Clarkson show. Uh, Jesse's debut on there. That was, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and once again, thank, thank you guys for listening. I, I, I can't believe that, uh, just hearing us talk is entertaining to people, to be honest with you. But, uh, man, it just, it really does tickle us to death when you let us know what you think and, things that you want to hear uh i've had uh i i have reconnected with a lot of cousins in arkansas through this thing you know mm-hmm. just simply because they heard me telling the story about uncle wilburn yeah you know uncle wilburn rose god rest his soul and uh they brought up some stuff too that that, that uh they wanted me to to tell on here so we will certainly get to those um but please let us know what you think. Let us know what you what you what you like, what you don't like. We're we're thick skinned. We can take it. It is know? really cool that you've got family in Arkansas listening that you haven't heard from in a while. That that fires me up. And maybe we do need to. Maybe we need to try to plan some kind of event to to invite everybody who is listening to come hang out like i mean i don't i don't know if everybody wants to come to a chitlin cook like that guy in florida <laughs> said but like maybe ventures they probably not you know like maybe we could i don't know we could figure maybe we can figure something out because that'd be cool to bring some bring everybody together in some way i don't know i'd love to see my we'll just Arkansas keep doing cousins. these we'll keep doing these uh podcasts and see what happens that sounds like a plan yeah, man. Sounds like a plan. Well, thanks for sitting up here with me and talking today, and I love you. I love you too, buddy. Hope you have a great day. You too. Hope you all have a great day. Blessings, y'all. Peace. I ain't asking nobody for nothing.